You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Oh, my. It's The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Let's get to our In the Dub segment brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. So you can keep up to date on everything happening around the world of the Western Hockey League by uh, visiting Dub Network on a regular basis. Another way you can do it is going to sportsnet.ca. Uh, and I believe Andy Ide, uh, who joins me once again from uh, 710 ESPN in Seattle, you do some stuff with Sportsnet, don't you? Or you did at one time. Yeah, I did for a couple of years there, yeah. Not anymore, though? <laughs> Not anymore. No, no, no. They they made some changes with their junior co- coverage. So still with, still with ESPN Seattle, though. Okay, ESPN Seattle, we'll stick with that. Well, yeah. welcome back to the show. And uh, I know it's, it's kind of interesting times here in the WHL as uh, the trade deadline gets a lot closer. We're starting to see some... Uh, trades of a little bit more significance uh, happening and uh, as the, the standings uh, start to kind of uh, solidify themselves as in regards to who are the clear buyers and who are the clear sellers. And uh, it seems to me when I look at the standings, there the uh, the sellers, there's probably a lot more buyers than there are sellers. And what the sellers have, I don't know how much interest there is out there. Uh, what's your take <laughs> on the uh, what the temperature is in the WHL right now in terms of trades? Yeah, well, we, we've seen some, some pretty significant trades here in the last you know couple of weeks. Uh, where I'm at here, we saw Matthew Wedman mm-hmm. uh, get traded from Seattle to to Kelowna. We know Kelowna is going to be a buyer uh, as they're the host of the Memorial Cup. And you know, the thing, the interesting thing about this year is you mentioned there's a lot of buyers, and there are because I don't think there's a real clear cut favorite this year. We've seen that in years past, where you know with Prince Albert last year, or, or the, you know uh, Brandon or Swift Current the year before, like those teams going into the season, they're, they're going to be they're going to be the top dogs, but I don't know if there's a surefire bet this year. So I think that makes it a little more interesting because a lot more guys, a lot more teams think that they can, if they can get a guy or two, that they, they could become that team. Um, you know, and Kelowna's obviously the big wild card. Last time the Memorial Cup was in the WHL city, it was one of the crazier trade deadlines we've ever seen. I'm not sure it's going to be quite that crazy this year, yeah. but I think we'll see some, some more moves here. This next month is going to be an interesting one. Well, and maybe we'll start with the, with Seattle. Obviously, they make that trade uh, with Matthew Wedman leaving town. They are clearly in seller mode. But what exactly do they have to to offer other teams in the league that other teams in the league would be lining up to get? Yeah, well, I think I think Matthew Wedman might have been the the big last piece. Uh, you know, they had the at the Benham draft. They traded Dylan Hamilak and Jake Lee to Kelowna, so they'd already kind of made one big sort of sell move. Yeah, uh, and they are in a position where they're building for the future, and they're looking to acquire a trade picks or a draft picks they can get. You know, the only the only player that I think could possibly get garner some interest right now would be you know Roddy Ross, the goaltender. I'm not sure that that Seattle's looking to move him though, so I think they could be done as far as significant trades go. I think that Wedman trade might have been their big their big sell uh, during the season. You think Ross is back next year as a 20 year old? I mean, Philly. I, I'm a Flyers fan. I, I kind of know what their depth chart looks like, and I don't think they're necessarily looking to sign a a, a goaltender and, and start him on the farm as a 20 year old. So he could very well be back next year. He could be, which would make which make would make for an interesting situation. You know, Seattle has Blake Lyder, the backup they like, and they have a, a younger uh, prospect, a 16 year old goaltender, Thomas Milich, having a great season. So at some point, they want him in the WHL. That Seattle situation will be one to watch here, whether it's this trade deadline or whatever. All right. Well, the other team out west that uh, clearly would be sellers would be the Prince George Cougars. And I could see a couple of players that would be of interest uh, for other teams uh, from the uh, from the Cougars, like Cole Moberg, potentially even goaltender uh, uh, Taylor Goche. But I'm not sure that necessarily the the Cougars are looking to move those guys. So what, what do you, what's your take on 
the Cougars and what they could be doing. Yeah, an interesting one because uh, both the goaltenders are pretty good. Uh, uh, they both were, you know, first round banner picks, uh, and they're 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 struggling. But they are they have been somewhat good defensively as far as giving up goals. Uh, you know, the problem with moving a goaltender and this is kind of a thing for us is I'm not sure of the teams that would be buyers. Most of them are are somewhat set in in their goaltending situation. You know, there could be an upgrade here or there. You know, Camus might look at, or not Camus, Kelowna might look at upgrading a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if Prince George would sell within their, their division. That's always a little tricky. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to watch that too. I, the, the goaltenders, you know, oftentimes you see goaltenders move uh, at the deadline, but there's got to be a need for them somewhere. And I'm not sure that there's a big enough need where you're going to, you know, expend a lot of assets right now. I, I've said since the start of the season, I see Taylor Goche finishing the year in Calgary. Now, I don't know if that will happen. I don't have any, you know, insider tip on that, but Calgary kid, to me, Calgary, the Hitman, look like a team that's all in this year, and I think they could use an up, upgrade in, in that. Yeah, that is that is one team that I think probably could be in the goalie market. Uh, out west, uh, the things are, I mean, there are four teams who don't make the playoffs, and, and I don't know that it's cut and dried just yet that the, the you know, right now those four teams would be Red Deer, Moose Jaw, Regina, and Swift Current. Um, you know, Red Deer still maybe thinking they could uh, squeak in, but I think they're kind of going into the season knowing it was going to be a rebuild year anyway. Uh, what does Moose Jaw, Regina, and Swift Current have to offer the rest of the league? Do you think the Warriors could move Braden Tracy? Yeah, that's, the, you know, I, I don't see why they wouldn't at least take the calls, right? I mean, he's a good player, and, and I think a player like that, uh, you know, an offensive player, a drafted player, um, there's there's some teams that could definitely use him, you know, especially out in the West, I think. I think an Everett could, could use a, a boost up front. Uh, that that might be a good trade partner. I'm not sure what Everett has left with him. But I definitely think, you know, acquiring draft picks, if you're Moose Jaw and you, you want to look ahead a couple you know, year or two, that that might be worth doing. Uh I think he would be the probably the big the big get off of that roster. Uh, I think for sure he would be. My question would be if if he's back next year or not. I mean, he's signed now by Anaheim, but not old enough to play in the American Hockey League next year. So, uh, does you know is his value maybe worth more next year for Moose Jaw to move him next year instead of this year? I I don't know the answer to that, but or or you're going to get more for him this year if if you know somebody's willing to take that two year or a year and a half, I guess. Uh, run with him so that'll be interesting to watch you know if you want him now if you want him badly enough now you have to pay a little more yeah right uh now i don't know what swift current and regina have left uh i mean if you're looking to pick <laughs> pick off the carcass of teams i mean regina's made a bunch of they've shuffled the deck chairs a lot this year with small trades they've made uh so a swift current they've even traded between them each other i think uh at points this year but you know if you're looking if you're a team looking to buy are you almost trying to find a team that Kind of like when Brandon traded Kale Clegg a couple of years ago. They were in second place in their division, but decided they weren't going to go for it. So they moved, you know, they made big deals. Do buyers this year maybe have to look at teams who are within the playoff picture, but might not be uh, contenders? You know, that's a really good point. I, 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 I agree with you. I don't know what, what Regina or Swift Current have left to, to offer anybody, really. I mean, they, as you said, they have shipped out most of their good players. We saw Swift Current make a, a trade earlier. Uh, that's a good point. You know, that, that might be what you have to do, but of course you're going to have to pay a little bit more for that. Like yeah. you saw what Brandon got, uh, in that, in that clay trade. And so, uh, and so that's the, that's the thing I'm wondering about with the Memorial Cup here in the dub this year, that, that we could start seeing some of that. You could start, you know, just, just somebody take like Tri-City and say, Hey, what would it take to get Sasha Matala out of there? You know, they're, they're right on the cusp. They're the last 
playoff team in the West. You know, and again, I don't know that. I'm just throwing that name out there. I don't know that he's on the market or not. Right. But if someone knocks three socks off, maybe he listens to that. You know, that, that that's a, so those are, those are teams you're going to want to look at. Uh, the ones that are just kind of hanging right there on the bubble. Now Saskatoon, an interesting team right now. They've they've never been afraid to uh, pull the trigger. Uh, with the uh, with oh. trades in Saskatoon, and they've kind of been struggling here as of late. They know they're not getting Kirby Doc back now, so their window almost mm-hmm. I don't know if it closed on them uh, or not. But uh, what do you think Saskatoon opts to do? Yeah, that that you're right. That is interesting team. Uh, you know, I, I thought they were going to be really good, assuming Kirby Doc came back. Right. Um, obviously he didn't. Uh, you know, that's a big, huge uh, uh, blow to them. So that, do they start? Re- reevaluating now where they are, you know, and, and it's a team that's given up a lot of goals. Uh, you know, maybe they look at the landscape and think, okay, we, you know, we're not, we're not really uh, <laughs> going to go very far. Even if we do get in the playoffs, that might be what they have to assess. And maybe they do start selling off. They could be one of those teams we were just talking about that, right. you know, try to find, uh, you know, whatever they can get for, for an established player. Um, you know, they don't really have like any, any you know, but who's going to, I don't think, knock your socks off necessarily. But, you know, there's some solid guys there. You know, there's, there's some of the guys that are at the top of their, their leaderboard, uh, could provide some depth for a team, especially a team that already has a lot of pieces that's, that's making a run. And, you know, maybe Saskatoon can then, you know, build up some assets to make some moves down the road next year. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, if, if Scott Walford would be available or not, but I think he would be of interest uh, to some teams, especially the ones that, uh, that need yeah. a defenseman and might have, Room for to add a defenseman, but I have no idea if Saskatoon is entering uh, uh, th- that sort of conversation uh, or not. Um, closer to home for me, the Edmonton All Kings. Well, they might have a, a, an opening on the blue line. Uh, Connor McDonald has been away from the team for a while now, and I'm not sure uh, what the situation there is. But um, you know, we we just saw the Medicine Hat Tigers make a fairly significant deal with the Vancouver Giants. They just laid a beating on mm-hmm. on Saskatoon here a couple of days ago. Do teams like Calgary, like Edmonton, maybe even Lethbridge, do they have to do something now to keep pace after Medicine Hat made a big move? I would, I would think so. I, I know that that, that division is pretty tight, right? And, and there's a lot of goal scoring in that division. So, you know, Medicine Hat already was one of the top, if not the top goal scoring team in the league, and they're getting, they're getting stronger now. Uh, so, yeah, if you're Edmonton, you're looking at them just two points behind you with a couple games at hand. I think you're going to have to match, you know, match that pace. Not that the games aren't strong goals themselves but do they have the firepower now with that revamped medicine hat team and they maybe not maybe they look at bringing in one of those scores that we talked about yeah i just don't know who's out there that's available uh, for teams to bring in that's yeah nice. that's what's going to be interesting right is, is that there aren't tons of you know it's, i think this year there's been a lot of trades already you know we we, we talked about webman you know everyone on got fonstad earlier in the year uh you know, uh, Hughes went to Kamloops early in the year. So there's been such scores that went earlier, way before the trade deadline, which does kind of deplete the market here coming up in the next month. Mm-hmm, for sure. Andy, the, uh, the news here this week, the uh, WHL confirming there's going to be a, a big Bantam tournament, um, that's played in, in your neck of the woods, aren't you? You're right in Seattle, aren't you? So, uh, it, yeah. it'll be yeah. something you can, uh, follow for sure. Plus the, uh, two round American draft, uh, from your perspective, uh, what do you make of those developments for the league? Yeah, well, I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, before the Seattle game last night, uh, Commissioner Rob Robinson was here and, and had a little press scrum, so we got to ask him some questions. And, you know, they're, they're presenting this as, as kind of a twofold, with two goals in mind. One is to, you know, with the NHL coming here to Seattle, uh, the, the NHL is working with, with the WHL and with the U.S. division teams to just raise hockey's awareness. And so they think that this tournament could, you know, do some of that. 
Uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of you know high end banner programs here. Uh, but the other thing, which I think is really the more the thing the league's really looking at, is to, to recruit more American players. And I know you wrote about this, and you know Robinson didn't really pull any punches. He just talked about how it's important to identify more U.S. players here. Uh, you know, U.S. hockey has grown; uh, it's it's number two in the NHL. But if you go down further, you know, U.S. hockey last year uh, reported that they had a, a record number of, of youth under eight getting into entry hockey programs, whether it's learning how to skate or those try hockey for three things they do. So that they feel that that's an indicator of a further explosion coming. And, and if you look at where the, where that's, where it's growing, it's in California, it's in Arizona, it's in Texas, it's in kind of the region that would fall under the WHL's uh, jurisdiction. And so I think this is a good time to start really getting some inroads in there. And from what I understand that the WHL hasn't done the best job of, of presenting its benefits to some of those, you know, American players. We talked to Dustin Wolf uh, from the Arizona Chips, who's from LA. Uh, you know, what it was like growing up, you know, did he know about the WHL? And uh, he talked about how, you know, college hockey, NCAA hockey does, has a really good, you know, presentation to, to why you should do that, why you should go that route. And he didn't think the WHL had enough of that. And so I think this is something they're looking at as a step in that direction. Bring those California banner programs. And there's also a team from Arizona and, and uh, Texas coming. Mm-hmm. Get them into a WHL facility. See what the building's like. There's going to be a Seattle Portland game they're all going to go to, you know, a tech game. So bring the families here, they feel it might be a better strategy than just the, the prospect camps they've been having in Anaheim and Arizona, where you're kind of detached from the WHL lifestyle. Yeah, I, I don't see any downside to uh, either of these moves, the draft or the the uh, the Bantam tournament, and bring all those uh, those teams and their families and the players in. Uh, yeah, I don't see a downside to it. And it, when you talk about the growth of, the, of hockey in the states, and you mentioned some of those markets, they all happen to be where NHL teams are. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. There is an NHL team on its way to your backyard. Now we've got four WHL teams in the state of Washington. There's a BCHL team in Washington. Is there a strong currently uh, like minor hockey league system in your state already? It's it, there, there, it's it's a good one. It's a quality program, but just the numbers, so a couple of factors that are limiting it from being a top one. One is uh, lack of ice, the physical you know problems of not having enough sheets of ice. Right, right now, uh, there's not a sheet of ice in the city limits of Seattle. Now, the NHL team is going to build a three-sheet facility. Uh, Snow King, which is one of the youth organizations here, is they have rinks out in the suburbs, and they're building a new two-sheet uh, rink, which will be ready next year. So that's one of the problems that there have been. And what we've seen is when good players start coming out, start popping up here in Seattle, they have to go somewhere else to play their Bantam years and mid years. Right. Um, there's been some, a lot of recent examples of that, like uh, Dylan Gambrell, who's playing for the Sharks now, grew up in Seattle, or just north south of Seattle. He went off to play the Colorado Thunderbirds you know, when he was 14. Uh, the, the Seattle Thunderbirds have a, have a kid from local, locally here, uh, Mackay Sanders, who had to go to you know Detroit. So that's what, what, that's kind of the pattern, I think. Eventually, when the NHL comes here, it'll 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 put pressure to build more rinks. There'll be more kids playing, and, and I think you'll see what you see what you're seeing in Los Angeles now. And you know, the, the southern I grew up in Southern California a long time ago, and it's amazing to me that that's now uh, kind of a hockey hotbed for the U.S. California yeah. is the biggest growing hockey state in the U.S. right now. Uh, uh, I talked to a guy from the LA Junior Kings who are coming to this tournament. And he, they have 35 teams now, and he said if they had more rinks, they, they, they're busting, bursting at the seams right now. They could probably they have 30, 35 rinks in that area now, and he said they could fill 100 of them. Exactly, exactly. The players are there. You got to get the players to yep. come to the dub. 
All right, Andy, that was awesome. I really appreciate your time. Uh, where can uh, people hear? And uh, if you're writing, where can people get your stuff? Uh, well, all over the place. Uh, you can find my you know, Thunderbirds coverage on ESPN Seattle. Uh, I'm doing stuff with NHL.com, covering the Seattle story here. Uh, I'm doing some stuff with uh, NHL2Seattle.com. And then uh, I do some radio. Uh, I have a podcast, Sound of Hockey podcast, that I'm on as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. Awesome. What's the podcast called? Sound of Hockey. Excellent. That's why I asked so that people can uh, give it a listen as well. Andy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Give us a listen. Great to catch up. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Key. Anytime. That's Andy Eide from ESPN 710 in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, I think those are two developments by the WHL. Uh, I think they're fairly exciting, actually, for the league. Uh, I think anytime you can expose your league to more a potential player base uh, and, uh, and a fan base, for that matter, uh, I think that's a good thing. And uh, I think the American draft, uh, you know what? Uh, only time will tell if it works or not, but uh, I actually think it. Uh, I think it could and it should, um, because it's a little bit different than. I mean, the Q does it already and has done it for a few years, but I think trying to draw American players from southwestern United States to Western Canada probably a little bit different than trying to draw them from New England, where there are tons of uh, NCAA uh, programs to pick from and bringing them into uh, the Maritimes or into French-speaking Quebec. Uh, so I think it's a little bit different, uh, and I think the WHL will have more success with that. Next up is the NCAA campus report. The uh, University of North Dakota is uh, back on top of the NCHC division or conference, and a big reason for that is the play of uh, Canadian Jordan Kawaguchi. We're going to get to know him next here on the Pipeline Show. Hey, it's Tyson Jost from the Pentecton Vs. Jost racing back at center by himself. End to end. Jost shooting scores! Tyson Jost does it himself. End to end with 2.11 to go. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. One hopeful road that my mama showed to me from the moment I first met Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. NHLers Kyle Turris. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! And Duncan Keith. And future NHLers Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro all took the campus route. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 